adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario. Eardrums. We're gonna get sued after this Keep podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast that will be sued. Uh, right in this way, Captain <laughs> Podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Serie A and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paulo Nobiloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. We've got Mr. Chris Pacelli. Hello, everybody. And we've got Giju Julian D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome to the show. We've got, uh, of course, uh, Chivore Bella Roma. Paolo, uh, what do you got on um, Violino? Uh, well, if, you know, you know Chivore Bella Roma per, uh, per potro dimenticare, so to forget the fact that uh, Italy didn't qualify. <laughs> right. And uh, he's pretty much saying that, uh, you know, Mourinho would have beaten North Macedonia. Macedonia. Exactly. It's not wrong. North, North well, Macedonia. Actually, I mean, yes, he did lose to Bobo. Bodo. Bad, badly. Bobo. Bobo. <laughs> yeah. We established this. Yeah, it's Bobo. Yeah. They're wrong. They're, they're <laughs> pronouncing the name of their club <laughs> incorrectly. Exactly. Bring back Sheriff Lobo. <laughs> no one gets that, Paulo. Oh, come on. <laughs> Lobo. Lobo. Actually, I, I would be curious to know what the crossover, what like the uh, ratio is, I guess, of like Simpsons fans and our listeners. Maybe you should make that a poll. Have you seen The Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> Do The Simpsons yeah. define the way you speak? <laughs> I'm sure if someone's a big Simpsons fan, they they throw in some references here and there. Yeah, so. I think it's like unhealthy the the amount that we do though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're not wrong. Yeah, uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Okay, listen, you don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, sure. And if you don't think there's anything wrong with it, then who are we to say otherwise? <laughs> Listen, we all need some laughter in our lives. And I think I think Simpson references uh, brings that laughter. Speaking of laughter, let's get into match day 31 of the Serie A season. Huh? How about that for that segue? <laughs> 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 the joke Wait, there, of there's, the pl- there's plenty of laughs this round. So let's yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get to them all. 
Uh, okay, well let's uh, let's actually do that though. Let's <laughs> let's get started. We'll, we'll do a game recap of the match day, and then we'll go to um, eventually we'll talk through. I guess Europa League is coming up this week for uh, for some uh, Europa League and Conference League, I guess. Uh, and then, of course, we had some. Um, we talked about it last week the World Cup, um, I guess, qualification matches, etc. And then this past week we had the actual draw, so we'll we'll talk through that as well. Just to, I guess, uh, prime everybody for the tournament in November. So, again, like I said, we'll start with Syria, um, and we'll start with I guess Spezia was host to Venezia, uh, and Spezia get a very, 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 very late winner. From Gyasi. Follow. Yeah, you, you just can't beat Tiago Walker. Cannot beat this guy. <laughs> cannot beat that guy. Squeaking <laughs> another victory. Crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, next up we had Lazio, who were host to Sassuolo. Uh, and Lazio actually um, lead after 17 minutes. Lazari scores. And then uh, SMS, Malinkovic Savage scores in the 51st minute to make it 2 nothing before a late goal from Traore. Um, gets a late consolation for Sassuolo. Uh, but that's how it ends. So Lazio, again, pick up three points there. Uh, and the last game, this is on Saturday. So last game on the Saturday was Salernitana hosting Torino. Um, and that game ends one nothing in Torino's favor. Uh, a Balotti PK in the 18th minute uh, is the only goal of the game. Fazio gets a double yellow uh, late in the uh, second half, in the 85th minute. So that would, uh, again, kind of tank any chance Salernitana had. Of uh, of scraping a point back, but uh, again, Torino take the one nothing victory there. From what I understand, it's not the uh, only PK that had to be retaken today uh, this weekend. Uh huh. That's right. We'll get to that one. We'll get to some controversial PKs, perhaps. <laughs> um, okay, so that was Saturday's game. Sunday uh, started with Fiorentina hosting Empoli. And uh, Fiorentino were one nothing victors with uh, Nico Gonzalez goal in the fifty eighth minute, um, which was, uh, I guess, after a, a double yellow from Luperto um, in the fifty seventh minute. So that was uh, for Empoli. Uh, so again, Fiorentina are maintaining their their kind of um, march towards uh, uh, trying to secure some European soccer for next season. They are uh, again on fifty points on the season now, and that's uh, that's good for eighth at the moment. But it's uh, not far behind uh, those above them. So again, we'll, we'll we'll maybe break down the table in a little bit to kind of really emphasize that. Uh, another big matchup this weekend was Atalanta hosting Napoli, uh, and uh, this game actually ends three one in Napoli's favor. Insigne gets a PK in the fourteenth minute. Uh, Politano in the thirty seventh minute scores to make it two nothing. Um, the second half, Darun is uh, the benefactor of a nice passing play uh, and heads in a goal in the 58th minute uh, before Almas eventually puts away the uh, dagger into the Atlanta hearts uh, to end the game 3-1. Uh, th- again, this had very, obviously, massive implications for uh, the title charge for uh, Napoli. And again, they maintained pace. They were able to... Um, tie actually what uh ac milan had i guess going into the season or going into this round because they were both on 66 points after this game um beyond that uh yeah i mean atlanta uh are not doing well i think at home this season i think i read somewhere they they've only won five i think of like whatever it was home games which is pretty crazy 
considering um, that they're that they they did well over the past four seasons at home. Yeah, yeah, so. um, yeah. So unfortunate, I guess, uh, result for Atlanta, and it uh, again is very favorable, obviously, for Napoli, who uh, again they're 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 still in the thick of it. So um, let's see what happens again going into the last, I guess, seven games of the season here. Uh, the next game up, we had Udinese, who were host to Cagliari. Uh, and Cagliari actually get the opening goal, 32nd minute, Joe Pedro scores. Uh, where was that last week? Am I right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then it's all Udinese. So um, Rodrigo uh, Bacau scores in the 38th. Then Beto gets a brace uh, in the 45th and the 49th minute. Um, Molina actually scores uh, in the 59th for our for uh, for their fourth goal and it's actually our goal of the match day so here's the audio on that the ball is lovely and it's Molina wonderful from Udinese Nahuel Molina his sixth goal of this campaign Now, Julian, what would we classify that goal as? Was it a doink? It was perhaps a doink. I think it was as close to a doink uh, from that far out. It was so, uh, again, effectively, he, he kind of takes the ball in um, over the half uh, from a pass and is uh, able to, yeah, lob it over the keeper a fair distance out. And, uh, yeah, I, I, would classify, I would classify it as a doink. I'm going to give it a doink status. Um, beautiful goal. Uh, but hold on, isn't a doink status like close within, you know, close to the keeper and you're chipping it from, I don't know, two feet from the keeper? You're a doink. I'll call that like a like loop <laughs> or something like that, you know? It was Totti-esque because Totti obviously did that, but um, it was very, uh, no, I, I'm still going to call it a doink. He, he still doinked it over the keeper. I agree. Okay, whatever. I, 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 would, I would classify it otherwise, but sure. What would you classify it as specifically? A lob? Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a lob. It kind of like just, it was more direct, floater. I guess. <laughs> a floater. A floater. You're a floater. You're doing. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> um, to run out this game, Beto actually completes the hat trick. Uh, so not just a brace, he gets a hat trick in the 73rd minutes. Uh, and Grassi gets a double uh, yellow in the 82nd for Cagliari. So, again, it ends 5-1 in Udinese's favor. Next up, we had Sampdoria host to Roma. Um, and uh, there's actually only one goal in that game, and that's uh, Mkhitaryan scores 27 minutes in. It uh, kind of rebounds to him, and he slots it away to secure the three points for Roma. Um, so, Chivorebala Roma, they, they clearly won this week. So, maybe they, they could have beat North Macedonia last week. It stands to reason, Paulo. It stands to reason. Yeah, uh, we got to listen to the uh, to the gospel of Violini. <laughs> <laughs> I actually apologize to everyone who listens to our podcast who is now confused um, uh, and that might look into this gentleman. <laughs> we need a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, we probably we need to have the explicit tag on this episode merely for that. It is on there, trust me. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, As a joke. Actually, there was an unexpected Violi Nation uh, Monday night, so that's 
I've seen actually on um, on a couple of these platforms, uh, just as a t- quick tangent here, whenever uh, someone's speaking about COVID and stuff like that, they'll have a little disclaimer saying, oh, here's where you can find helpful COVID information. We should do that for, Mal- uh, for Violino. <laughs> and then have links actually, where people can, in, in, uh, <laughs> I guess, okay, so understand or learn. So there is a pinned tweet on the uh, Twitter user at Mussolino. <laughs> name, Mussolino. Great, great. That's a great Twitter handle. Uh, his pinned tweet is actually an article in Italian about the true story of uh, the Oli Nation. And Perfect. What, what it means. Yeah. So Paulo, um, Paulo will link to that somehow in some capacity ver, ver, via our Right to This Way Twitter. Um, and you'll, you'll be able to see that. Maybe just retweet it. Uh, yeah. If it's pinned. Um, yeah. Okay, let's move on here. Last uh, most important game of the Sunday. And actually, this was... Uh, this was actually a very special game because uh, we were we were all together for this game. Yeah. We're First watching time this game since COVID, yeah. yeah, that's it. So, uh, of course, we're we're speaking of uh, Juventus, who are host to Inter Milan. Um, now, who wants to who wants to speak through? I guess the events here. Uh, maybe Julian, just give yeah, Julian, you can take it. Okay, I'll take this one. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to downplay a lot. So, <laughs> well, what do we want to do? Wait, actually, of course, with the Derby d'Italia, there's lots you know of controversial moments. Hold on. Maybe what we should do, should we say Chris to <laughs> take it because he's the neutral third party? I can take a stab at it. And then, sure. uh, and then we'll have Julian, and Julian will correct. Yeah. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then Michael, and, and then, then we move on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean,. I would describe the first half as choppy. Uh, and for me, choppy just... I don't think either team ever really got into a flow. And if, if any team did get into a flow in terms of what when they had the ball, uh, I would say it was Juventus. Uh, but again, I, I still don't think they ever really got things going. Uh, again, we were talking about how little Dybala was able to influence the game and I think we, because we know how talented he is, we we expect him to be able to take over games and influence the games more. So, but no, um, I mean, Paul and Mike, you guys have watched, you know, every game, if not most games. Unfortunately, this is just how Allegri has the team playing. Uh, they're going to drop off more often. Uh, and they're going to try and take their chances on the counterattack. Um, I thought, uh, Paul, I'm sure you'll comment on this. I thought mm-hmm. Abio was okay. Uh, Paulo thought he was the worst player on the pitch. Apparently, Juventus Twitter <laughs> thought he was man of the match. I, I just thought he was okay. Uh, he had a job to do. I thought he did that job okay. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Inter got, you know, I think you could say they got a little lucky with getting a second chance at the, at the PK. Uh, the second one was well taken. First one was, was very poor. Um, yeah, it, for me in general, again, I thought Juve had more more high quality chances if I can if I can say that uh, I don't uh, I don't know who had the more shots on target uh, maybe one of you guys can comment on that but the more high quality chances came from Juve in my opinion um, and I think Inter got a little lucky to come away with three points okay Giuliano um, I actually agree on that I thought Inter got completely dominated in the first half Um 
I mean, Juve hit a post on a weird clusterfuck of a play. Actually, the crossbar on the first mm-hmm. within the first five ten minutes, um, and then they hit the post in the second half as well. Inter honestly didn't create anything. They kind of got the lucky PK and Corto sold their way to a win. Yeah. Yeah, really that uh, that kind of was the game in a nutshell. They they really they <laughs> they played Juventus's game and Juve lost, right? So that's just <laughs> kind of what happened. Um the PKs if we want to talk about them just how I guess if they were contestable, I guess. Um so that first I guess initial foul is a foul, correct guys? Which one are we talking yeah. about? Yeah, Morata. Morata catching his foot. Yeah, he caught his foot. It's yeah. a foul. Yeah, yeah. It's, a foul. it's a foul. I agree, and I think again in 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 slow motion, it's a foul as well. Um, uh, we're watching it live, and I I saw it right away. I called it right away. That was that was a foul. Yeah, it, it's harder because I mean, again, if you watch it in real speed, it's not like he stomps on the guy. It's almost like more like a graze, and he's just kind of getting jockeying position in there. But that's it. And I think, like, again, even if it wasn't uh, a hard hard stomp or anything, again, it's still – he's still stepping on the guy's foot. He's in the box. That's a foul. Well, it's not only that. It's, it kind of challenges him from behind as well. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, he was nowhere close to the ball. And, again, it's not the first time that Murata has done this uh, on right. the defensive side. And that's the most frustrating part is that that challenge was not necessary. Now, would you say, again, a challenge from behind gets the foot typically would be called as a PK? Yes. Okay. Julian, would you say that? <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Um, <laughs> but, yes, I would. Now, I will say with Morata, in kind of similar vein to what Paul was saying, yeah, Morata doesn't need to make the tackle. It's like a one-on-three. Yeah. He's an attacker. Like, he doesn't need to lunge in on that play. Um, and Dumfries isn't really facing goalward at that point. He is kind of facing towards, I guess, the goal line in the corner more, more accurately. Um, so he's not, again, really what he's gonna, probably going to do at this point is pass it somewhere, I guess, wide for someone else to swing it in. But still, again, it's not like a threat, like it's in front of the goal and the guy's about to take a shot. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Paul, go ahead. No, that's the most frustrating part is just the un, the uselessness of that tackle. There was right. no need to do it, and and the fact that um, they were even debating that uh, is, is 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 it should have been called by the ref, but that's why there's VAR, and and, and we'll get into the whole VAR debate uh, in what a minute. So uh, <laughs> back to you, Mike. Okay, so uh, again, aside from that, so we had, like Julian said, Juve uh, actually hit two posts. Uh, one was uh, kind of a – was this the first one? Hedanovic kind of throws it up, and then it went – Yeah. That was okay, the one, so right? The one Killian that, shanked. Yeah. Well, no, no, that, that would have been called – that would have been called that. Yeah, Killian like, – You said that he had hands on him. Yeah, he made Kielini, contact with yeah. Hedanovic. Yeah, that, that would have been called that. Um, that would have been so, play overall. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay, so – I don't know. I think didn't Vlaovic maybe had a shot that was stopped. That was I think that was his only 
shot that he had on target all game. I'm pretty sure. I think it was in the first half. I'm not, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he had one in like the first minute, but it was yeah. the right foot, I think. Mm. Yeah, and it was right at him, right? Or it was no, yeah. or no, he was off balance. I think that was. Yeah, like it wasn't a great shot, but yeah, he wasn't in like a super great position either. He just kind of got a step and took it on. The thing is, that what bothers me is that, oh, well, uh, Juventus dominated. What, they had a, a, a crossbar that, that would have been called back if it went in. Chiellini fouled Antanovic. That's a foul. Valovic missed, missed an opportunity that he didn't get another one for the rest of the game. And then uh, Zakari hit, hit the post after Antanovic touched the ball. Where is the domination? Someone tell me where is the domination? <laughs> Post. Just follow Rabio. <laughs> Listen, he made Paul, it across half. There, there was no. They had no um, final third. They, they were like again. There, there was no, and that's been again them all season. We've, we've talked about this countless times um, that they really they're impotent in attack, and Vlaovic is supposed to fix that. And I mean, he has been more prolific um, than. Morata has been, and you know, Keane is kind of non-existent. But uh, all that to say, again, it, it just wasn't. There wasn't enough service. There wasn't enough much else. And I mean, credit to Inter for really suffocating all that stuff. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, Skriniar deserves man of the match. Yeah. Oh, he, he played phenomenally. Vlaovic down yeah. very well. He, and and that's it. That was again. There was the, uh, the commentator mentioned it as like a, almost a blueprint for how you defend Vlaovic, right? That's you have to kind, kind of be physical, physical on him, and exactly, yeah. and, and he'll fold, right? And, and he needs what Vlaovic needs to learn, and I guess he's young still, but what he needs to learn is again, he if he stands his ground more and doesn't flop like that, he probably oh. gets more chances. <laughs> Literally flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there were, and there was tons of flop, and there was uh, the hand <laughs> flopping into the lit's eye. Um, <laughs> same thing. Same thing with Vlaovic. Yeah, from, from dumb bros, isn't it? Yeah, that was hilarious. Because yeah. he actually like he looks up to see who it is, and then yeah. just, like falls back. <laughs> um, okay, in the second half, again another uh, I guess contestable moment here. So this was on um, Zakaria as well, and Bastoni, and, and Bastoni, and Julie. Why don't you explain this and explain why it wasn't a PK? So, Zach, is it, have we ever decided to Zachary or Zacharia? Let's call him Zach. Zachary. Okay, <laughs> let's go Zach. So, he has the ball. He's kind of the corner of the box. Uh, Bastoni goes to defend him. Is a little aggressive on the defending. Um, a little clumsy, even if you will. Uh, Zacharia goes down. The ref whistles for a free kick just outside the box. Um, now, VAR did review it and said it was the correct call. Um, and then, of course, after the game, you had Juve Twitter posting the screenshot of Bastoni making contact, if you will, with Zakaria while their foot is on the edge of the box, which would constitute a penalty. Um, however, I don't. I think the foul is the push in the back. I don't think it's the contact because that photo that's going around, what Bastoni is doing is nothing. There's no foul on what he's doing, right? He's just defending him tight. As the play develops, Bastoni kind of shoves him a little bit with his forearm in the back and he goes down. Now, what I will say 
if the ref ruled it a penalty on the field, I think it would have been a penalty. I don't think there's conclusive evidence one way or another to say when the foul starts or yeah. So that's my that's my opinion on it. If if the ref ruled a penalty, it would have been a penalty because VAR wouldn't have been clear and obvious to overturn it. And the same way it wasn't clear and obvious to overturn it to say it was a penalty. And I think that's a good point to mention again, like the really the foul is almost like completed after he really pushes the guy down um, because it, that's really what happened. If, again, if we freeze frame it, we can see that there's a, there looks like a, some sort of step on the guy's foot. But the reality was that that was like a millisecond where he was still, he still stood and he just moved past it. And then again, he was pushed down and that really is what, the ref called my next question was going to be again if it was a foul which it was he called it a foul and he called it outside the box etc if he calls it a foul and then var sees that and says that it's on the line again they have to call it a penalty yeah yes yeah right so they have to have determined then that in some way that the foul was not this right so that I mean, that's the logic behind it. That's really so, is what's supposed to have happened. I was watching La Domenica Sportiva after I got back from watching the game, and uh, there's a former ref, and I remember this ref, Sakani, uh, uh, and he kind of broke it down in the lower contact, which I think Julian was describing about uh, mm-hmm. the, the with, with the foot, right, Julian? Yeah, like I yeah. don't – he didn't stomp on him. There might yeah. be a little bit of like contact in terms of – leg on leg but again soccer i know we always like to say contact to foul but it's it's not always the foul to me is the push in the back yeah so uh the the foot contact is what he kind of described as the lower contact and then the push in the back is what what he described as the higher contact uh you know higher half and and i think where as julian said where that push started uh, Zakari, or uh, we'll just call him Dennis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need Patrick Dennis- Pendergun here. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, I don't, I don't want to get into semantics. So Dennis was, was pushed um, <laughs> going outside of the box. I, I, it's not conclusive to say that the contact happened inside the box. And in yeah. theory, like it, it, that's and and honestly, it's better to err on the safe side. And, I mean, I'm saying this as a Juventus fan, um, to err on the safe side because imagine if that was called. Imagine the shit show that would have <laughs> that would have uh, like arisen. Or that would have risen from that. That would have been the end of Terry on Twitter. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. Okay, so Paul, just just to confirm here, then, are you saying this is not a penalty? Not a penalty. Okay, no, Julian. No, because it, the the con like he was falling outside of the box. Right. Okay, Julian, you you concur? I mean, like I said, if the ref had ruled it a penalty, I think it would have stood a penalty. But to be honest, I didn't even really think it was a foul at all. I thought he goes down. It's one of those plays, right? Players do it all the time. They know the defenders coming behind them. They look for the right. foul and they fall over. Yeah. Um, I didn't think there was much in it. But it it would have been a very soft penalty. I'll say that. Okay, Chris. Uh, no, I don't think it was. 
Okay, interesting. But it was a foul. Though. Can all agree that was a foul? Though. Well, Julian doesn't agree it's a foul. And, and I'm on the I think that's about. I, I think he was pushing the back. That's about. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, yeah, slow motion. You see Bastoni's arm kind of push through him. I mean, that's uh, just how I defend normally. But uh, we neglected to uh, talk about the uh, retaken penalty. Yeah. So, well, we kind of, yeah, I guess glossed over. Chris was uh, in charge of that part, but <laughs> I mean, I brought it up. Yeah, he brought it up. He brought it up. Yeah, they were no like like Chris mentioned again. They were lucky to have gotten a second chance on it. So again, from the first the penalty happens again. It, it's it is a penalty. He, he steps on the guy, right? So that's that's what we've determined is, and it was yeah. in the box. It wasn't like again the foul was out like going out of the box. He was still in the box and he steps on him. That's foul yeah. penalty. They take the penalty. Chesney saves it. Um, Delict, Killini, etc., are there to, uh, I guess, uh, be there first in, ahead of uh, Hakan. Um, but the ball still ends up in the net, but then it's called a foul on, I guess, Chesney or something. Uh, so they would they would have ruled out that goal. Then they go to VAR, who says, who is checking it, I guess. Uh, and what they end up checking and seeing is that there was encroachment. Uh, by delict on the initial penalty, and therefore the penalty has to be retaken, um, which resulted in another phenomenal gif reaction from uh, the man himself, uh, Allegri, where oh, yeah. he's uh, he, he he undressing himself, uh, undressing himself <laughs> in anger. <laughs> uh, okay, Paul, what do you want to mention? Like, what do you want to talk okay. about there? That just the encroachment. Okay, no, the, okay, so. What I have problem with is a lot of former players, and I say, and referees, were saying that uh, the goal, the, like the rebound goal, should have stood. That I have a problem with. Uh, I thought Kilini uh, um, got there first, from what it looks like on the replays. I think and it was uh, Danilo. It was ruled out. I'm pretty sure for a foul from Hakan on Danilo. And Danilo, so what? Well, you, then you explain because I thought the foul was when Hacken kind of kicked Killini in the foot, in the back of the foot. Yeah, that was for the ball. It, but I think it was Danilo. I don't think it was Killini. Mm. Um, so I thought that was the type of foul. I thought Killini got there first, and plus, and plus, uh, they all ran into Shazney, so you, you could have called it a, a foul on the, by taking on out the, the, the on the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What I don't understand is how former referees and former players, by that I mean Del Piero himself, he was on Sky and said that the goal should have the rebound goal should have counted. I don't know what the hell he was watching. Um, and then, uh, so and then it was right. On the, the encroachment call was right. So I thought the ref got it right. I'm saying this as a Juventus fan. <laughs> I think, again, he probably did in the end as well. If he was calling a foul and they checked it and they saw the encroachment, for sure that's the right call. I'm kind of in the same boat, though. I don't know that – again, I think that's – what ends up happening when they were coming in and the, and the ball goes in the net, I feel like that kind of should have resulted – like that should have been a good goal as well. I, I'm kind I, of I don't same, think so. I, I thought that was a page, foul. I, I don't see the foul though necessarily. I I think it was, 
it was the three Juventus defenders who really were uh, the issue there. And then again, their their actions effectively caused the ball to go in the net. That's what happened. I, I disagree. I thought I thought it was a foul from Hakon on either Chiellini or Danilo. And it was the right call to call the foul. It was the right call that VAR went back because VAR can look back at those types of decisions because Hakan Hakan missed a penalty. If Hakan scored that penalty, then it would be there would be no conversation. Uh, it would have been a good uh, a good penalty uh, a good goal from right then and there, and yeah. we wouldn't have this conversation again. Right. Um, okay. Well, again, in any case, he did encroach. It was uh, it was clear. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, again, the right in the end, the decision's made, and it's a uh, you know it's it results in the one, the one only goal that happened in this game. Um, so again, Inter win one nothing. Can I um, can I can I do some final comments? Uh, maybe final Julian comments first. Julian first. Fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I Inter's luck finally turned. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago. I thought Juventus. Had luck on their side, right? They had that own goal win in the Copa against Fiorentina. I think there was also the game prior where they won on a last-minute goal or something along those lines. And Inter were the team that were getting 20 shots a game and weren't unable to score. I think it was against Genoa. Um, but, I mean, they did not play well. But, hey, smash and grab, take the three points and run. Yeah. yeah so, so that's where, uh, along the lines I was going there, Um what what I find hilarious, so again, people were saying that Juventus dominated. You have Tutto Sport, which of course is a Turin-based newspaper, saying that uh, Dominio Juve uh, uh, vinto Inter. Again, I don't, I didn't see the domination. I don't know what game they were looking at. I thought it was a team that had no no capacity to actually. Have, keep possession of the ball. It was the same situation in the Villarreal game. It seems that Juventus with possession are incompetent <laughs> and would actually stand to play like what Mourinho did against Barcelona uh, in 2010 by giving away possession in strategic areas and allowing the opponent, Barcelona, who is better with the ball, to, to actually attack them. That's exactly what Juventus should have done. They should have allowed Inter to uh, to keep possession and hit them on the counterattack, which is what they're good at, instead of allowing Inter to play uh, the way Juventus normally do. And and I, and by that fact, Inter won that game because of that. Um, so you what, you would you would have been happier had Juventus played negative football, as you call it, and win. Yes. Because what's the, uh, Michael? What's the slogan? Uh, the if you ain't uh, cheating, please. you ain't trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only thing that matters is yeah, is winning. Win. Is, is, yeah, winning is the only thing that matters. I mean, when is not important. It's the only thing that matters. Only thing right, that right, right, right. Yeah. So, so again, when you were speaking about in the past, uh, your your frustrations regarding Allegri and, you know, et cetera. Now you're, Listen, you're, you were Syria, hoping for that. No, no, in Syria, in Syria, it's different. I, I've always made this distinction because Champions League and Syria are two different competitions. In Italy, you have to win dirty. 
in in Champions League, when you try to play negatively, you will get your ass kicked just like they did in London against Chelsea. There's and a at difference. home against Villarreal. <laughs> and at home against Villarreal. Villarreal, they, they, again, is the same type of game that they played against uh, against Inter. They had possession of the yeah. ball. They, had, yeah. they couldn't do anything with it. They created two opportunities from open play. That in my that in my book would have been counted. Yeah. Would have been would have been regular two, yeah. and they only had five shots on target out of twenty three shots. Yeah, I, again, I think maybe the the conversation probably stems from how poorly interplayed overall, and that probably is where the domination fact came from. Because again, if you really look at it, if you were watching the game, and you're saying you're saying it yourself that they really had the possession and were trying to with a team trying to make plays and make stuff happen. That's the domination. That's what they're talking about. But was it a dominant performance? Not by any means. And I want to say as well um, that we mentioned Dybala. Uh, we mentioned, we didn't mention how Dybala was uh, really, I guess, stuck to Brozovic all game as well. Uh, and I think that's important to note because again, maybe he had, some direction, I guess, and saying that, you know, this is, this is how we're going to win this game is you need to stick to this guy like glue. And, and he didn't really have that freedom to perform in that capacity of being, you know, someone who can drive the play instead and play openly and freely like they would have against Empoli or Spezia or something, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that probably again, in the end bites them in the ass. It also goes to show how important Brosman is. Brosman, you know, was still injured. Then perhaps Juventus wins this game. Right, right. right. That's that's another talking point that I don't want to get into. Um, <laughs> the, the, the the my last point before we can move on is I was again I was watching La Domenica Sportiva and in in his post match comments he said quote uh, I'll, I'll translate it that we've satisfied the lovers of the positive game. Just a rough translation. I'm like what what positive game. <laughs> Was there? You had five shots on target and one post hit. Paulo, he's just doing what you would do. He's just doing what you would do in the exact situation, saying, "I did what you wanted and we lost, so fuck you." That's literally what happened. Anyway, he's a troll. That's all he is. Making making nine million euros and making fucking troll ass comments like that. Bam. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I want to end off on. Okay, great. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so that was the end of Sunday's matchups. We had two games on Monday. Uh, first one was Verona host to Genoa. Uh, Paul, you watched that game. I guess it uh, it ends one nothing. Yeah. So Simeone scored. It was a freak goal. It was a a bad. Uh, Sirigu kind of uh, kicked the ball away. Uh, Verona won him back in midfield, and then Maximovic was caught in, in ball watching and got burnt. And Simeone, what could have been an own goal, but I think it was ruled as a Simeone, Simeone goal uh, five minutes in, caught, uh, pretty much set the tone for the rest of the game. Uh, in the second half, uh, Caprari and Simeone uh, disappeared. Uh, it was all Genoa, but uh, they just ran out of gas and, and it ends up being uh, Blesden's first uh, loss in Syria. There you go. Um, okay, in the next matchup on the Monday... Uh, was an important matchup for for this team. So we had uh, Milan hosting Bologna. Yeah, I, Paulo, I think uh, you bet on it, right? So you you were happy about that. <laughs> yeah, but I still lost my my. Oh, my... good, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I had I had a Genoa to, uh, to win or tie when they lost, so that's right. true. Yeah, the yeah the with, with Napoli winning uh, going into this one, they were they were tied on points with Milan. Um, this is Napoli again, so you know the opportunity was there for uh, Milan to increase their lead or to regain their lead at the top of the table. Uh, obviously, you know, disappointing from a Milan perspective, not to come away with the three points. I think they had over 30 shots, uh, you know, a dozen corners, this and that. So they had a, a number of, of high quality chances. Bologna were, you know, essentially playing on the counterattack. Arnautovic was, you know, left, left to do things on his own often. Uh, I thought Hickey got forward pretty well uh, for Bologna, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, Milan just weren't able to put away, you know, th- their chances. And again, uh, I know Paul, you sent that stat there over the past, you know, three or four games. Milan's almost had, I think it was seventy shots, and only two have gone in, or something. I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, but mm-hmm. so obviously they need to do a better job converting their chances. They're not going to get thirty shots every game like they did today. Um, I, I don't know what the solution is in terms of putting more chances away. I would be concerned if Milan weren't getting a lot of shots and a lot of high quality chances, but they are. And it really just, it comes down to, they need to, you know, have that extra bit of composure in front of goal and, and put one of them away. So good point for Bologna. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world for Milan. They, they are still top of the table, only one point up now, of course. Uh, and Inter does have that game in hand. And obviously we just spoke about their big three points. So it does make the, race at the top of the table more exciting we spoke about napoli beating atalanta so yeah top of the table stays congested um, like it has been for the past you know eight weeks or so yeah uh paulo um milan were lucky to get a point right <laughs> <laughs> someone pa- paulo was gonna say it so you might as well set it for him. <laughs> listen listen uh, below and i and i said this last week roll the tape last week uh, last week's episode, I said, do not uh, underestimate Bologna. Uh, the news of what happened with Mihalovic, uh, I thought I thought they were going to come out. That's why I put down on the uh, double chance draw or Bologna win. Uh, they they came out and played the way I expected. They got forward. They created chances. As Chris said, Hickey played well. Uh, Dykes played well. Spanberg had a, had a great game in midfield before he ran out of gas and had to come off. Uh, th- there was a lot of good individual performances from Bologna, and they deserved a point. They also created chances and had uh, and were 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 and Milan were saved by Mike Mangan. Uh, Skorupski on the other uh, on the other side of the field had another absolutely outstanding game. Yeah. Uh, the problem where it happened before we talk about the Scudetto race in general, I just want to focus on this game. The um, Liao. I thought Liao was very ineffective this game. I thought uh, Bologna did an outstanding job in uh, keeping him from uh, creating, uh, didn't allow the space to, to create, uh, as I said, to create any chances, didn't allow him to get into the box, which was very impressive. I don't think I saw Liao in the box the entire game. Yeah, I know you're right. It's a, it's a good observation. I, I agree. I think, oh, well, not I think it was clear that Bologna had a game plan for dealing with Leao. Essentially, every time he picked up the ball in wide areas, either the center back or the nearest center midfielder would come over to double up and, like you said, Paulo, not let him inside. 
I think though, you know, Leal recognizes that. I'm sure he's seen that enough times out to to recognize that he has to, you know, he has to take guys on outside because there are too many bodies inside. I think what let him down was his decision making with his crosses. So I, what I'm referring to is when Bologna did show him outside and he went across, it was decision to put it on the ground when he should have put it in the air or vice versa, uh, put it in the air when he should have put it on the ground or a couple times there was an opportunity for a cutback. So uh, again, he's, he's going to be, he's probably going to see more of that. So I think the next step is for him to improve on his crossing ability. Um, so I've, I've booked him a ticket to the, Antonio Candreva School of Crossing Excellence. <laughs> and uh, he's not going to play Paulo's next week because he's attending that school of excellence. So, But no, uh, yeah, I agree with what you said, though, Paulo, with regards to how Bologna uh, defended him. Uh, also, I'd be remiss not to mention uh, Teate. I thought he had an absolute outstanding game in um, uh, at center back. It was absolutely effective in... Uh, main marking Ibrahimovic out of the game. I think the Ibrahimovic only had one decent chance uh, when, he, since, when he came on. And that was in, I think it was like the fourth minute of the eight minutes of stoppage time that was conceded. Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Great. So, uh, so Milan, again, we're lucky to get a point there. So let's... <laughs> Let's just conclude our chat here then um, and uh, really, I guess, sum up where the table stands right now. So uh, Milan are, like Chris said, they remain in first by a point. They have 67 points in the season. Napoli uh, are in second with 66 points. Uh, Inter are in third with 63, but they have that game in hand. So it could be 66 if they win. Uh, Juve are fourth with 59 points. And again, we've all kind of collectively decided realistically with, what is it, seven games remaining here that the eight-point gap at the top is is too much for for fourth, et cetera, to, uh, to catch up to first. Correct? To you. Yeah. 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 But you never know. There's, there's still a, now yeah. that Milan dropped points. It, well, if Milan would have won, then it would have been over for sure. Right. Realistically, though, again, yeah, I guess you're right. Like if if those three teams lose <laughs> the rest of the way, then it's possible. But I, I just don't see it. It's not likely. It's it's still it's even less likely uh, than it was when uh, I said it wasn't likely, and they were winning all those games three weeks ago. If if they would have beat Inter, then it would be a whole different story. Well, it's right. Then, then it would have been uh, only a five-point gap at that point, but it's not the case. Like Same I said points. last week, the winner of that uh, of exactly. the derby would have uh, is exactly. Well, it's the loser of the derby would be out of the Scudetto race. Yeah. Um, before you continue on, uh, I just want to also point out, um, as as Juventus fan, what's frustrating about Allegri, and I get it, it's all mind games. It's all. Uh, Anyway, it's all mind games. But, you know, I remember a lot of fans talk about Stile Juve and all that all that crap. I don't believe it anymore. But anyway, it, it, when it says, oh, Stile Juve always has to uh, challenge for the Scudetto, not to say that they have to start challenge for the Scudetto, anything else is a failure. To come out after the game and say, Thank God. Uh, we uh, the only positive from this loss 
is to say that Juventus is out of the Scudetto race. It's the uh, relief, Paulo. I understand. I understand what your what your gripe is, but again, it's the relief now that again they don't need to worry about failing because what, they but failed. What's the worry though? <laughs> what, but what's the what's the worry? That's exa- exactly that. They don't have there's, to worry there's... about failing because they've already failed. They've, they've finished their failure, is what he's saying. So he's saying, okay, now we can worry about getting stronger for next year. So again, he's focusing from this point out, seemingly on developing what he wants to put forth in what September next year that's it I, I don't think it should be admitted you know what I mean that, that, that's my point is that that the whole po- uh, the objective as for a club like Juventus is, is to constantly uh, um, aim for the Scudetto no matter how inconceivable it may be is that you should always give hope to fans even the players to, to constantly aim to do better. And by that mean is that it ain't over until it's over, not to admit defeat and say, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to aim to do better in Juventus and have a better start because we lost. We did so shit in the first 10 games of the season, which essentially cost us the Scudetto this season. Yeah. I mean, he's just being a realist and maybe again, he's trying to take the, um, the pressure off of his players who, weren't able to get it done. So he's trying to take all of that heat. And I think that has worked clearly if you're getting so mad at him. Okay. Well, we have a manager in our midst. So Chris, what do you think? <laughs> I can't get inside of uh, Allegri's head. So <laughs> although you'd like to, yeah, I don't tell you. I said, I don't think he wants to. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I, <laughs> I cannot comment any further. Cause like he's kind of, uh, He's in a tier of his own when it comes to his comments and what he says to, you know, quote unquote, get his players motivated. So, uh, next question. <laughs> okay, yeah, the Mourinho effect, which is a positive one. Is, it, is the Allegri effect a just like an asinine comment? Usually, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, Michael. Okay, so back to what we were talking about, what we were talking about here. So, again, that's the top of the table. Um, there is still obviously uh, a lot to be decided from, uh, I guess, fifth until eighth. Uh, so Roma are—I mean, they're not far back. I mean, five points from fourth. Uh, again, if if this means that Juve are are you know despondent and don't really play well to finish off the season. Roma could jump in there, but uh, the reality, again, probably is that that's too big of a gap to cover. Um, so Roma, Lazio uh, are 54 and then 52 points. Atlanta, 51 points. And like I mentioned before, Fiorentina are on 50 points. So that's really where the next kind of big race is. Uh, and at the bottom of the table, we had, um, obviously, Venezia lost. Genoa had an opportunity now that uh, Venezia lost to kind of leapfrog them and, and possibly um, pull, Levin, pull level rather with Calgary, who also lost, uh, but were unable to do so. So the table actually remains the same at the bottom there. Venezia, Genoa, and Salernitana are 18, 19, and 20. But as I mentioned, Calgary at 25 points are very much not in the clear. Uh, and Sam Dory with their loss again, 29 points. So that's currently a seven point pace uh, for someone to c- 
catch up. And again, at, at the bottom of the table, that's probably impossible to overcome, but never say never. I think there's we've still seen, danger. We've seen it before, uh, a, a gap that big. I, think right. I remember Crotona, I think that was a, yeah. again, one of the bigger gaps. It's, it's uh, There's seven games left, seven or eight. I mean, some of them have a couple more games. I think Southern and Tana have two games that they've yet to play. Uh, but again, I think the reality is that those three teams, Venezia, Genoa, Salernitana, really, really, really need some luck to finish off the season here. And uh, Cagliari might be might be that that team that kind of is the on the losing end of uh, one of those teams hoping for uh, for a miracle. <laughs> uh, so we said eighteen points, right? The over under for Salernitana. Correct. Yeah. I went under. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I, yeah, I guess do let me, let me pull up their their schedule for the last. How many points are they at right now? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. So we're playing with prices right rules. Julian is out. <laughs> if no, no, uh, we just did over under. In. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, wait, we said eighteen, not sixteen, right? Yeah, I think I said. Did I say over? I think I said like no, twenty. You you said under as well, didn't you? I said under. I I, I don't remember. I think I, I might have said under. Yeah, I think I said over. I think I said they they hit at least eighteen and go up. But okay, I think so everyone they play, said under. They play uh, Roma, Sampdoria, Udinese, Fiorentina, Venezia, Atalanta, Cagliari, uh, Empoli. And uh, Undenese again because Undenese is the uh, the makeup the, the, the makeup game. game. Yeah, I don't honestly. I don't think they do it. Well, I mean, I think they can take points from Cagliari. Um, Maybe Venezia. Yeah, Venezia. So I I, I can see it. <laughs> we hey, it, honestly, it might it might be the post. Might it be eighteen? <laughs> Two draws, possible. Yeah. Could happen. Uh, so, are we uh, that Genoa is the most likely team uh, to get out of the relegation zone? I said this when we were first doing it, so I'm sticking to it. Yeah, yeah. Chris was the only one said they would. Nah, uh, yeah, I wasn't there that week, but I would have said the same thing. Nah, yeah, you weren't there, so you can't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Okay, well, one more point before we move on to the actual Scudetta race. Um, I have to admit, uh, I was wrong about the fact that um, Tiago Mota can't be beat. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it, it was going to be Spezia where Cagliari isn't right now. Right. And they're so, not. And they're uh, not. They're, I, I was yeah. about to get angry and say, no, Paul, we have to move on. We're already at an hour. Um, but... Then you said you wanted to talk about how you were wrong. So, <laughs> we we will uh, make time in this. We allow it. Of yeah. Um. Okay. Now again, let's. What more do we need to say about the top of the table here about the Scudetto race? Uh, I think it's. I think the. I think momentum is with Napoli. Um, I I, I can see Inter jumping back in this really easily. Again, they have that, that game in hand, pulls them basically level. Yeah. Um, and again, the Julian, we were talking about it, the easier schedule probably lies with Inter. 
Yeah, they have. So I was looking through it again today out of um, the top half teams. So they have eight games left. Only two of those teams are in the top half of the table right now. Right. Okay, so for Napoli, they get through Fiorentina next week and then Rome the week after. They play Empoli, Sassuolo, Torino, Genoa, Spezia. So I, I honestly, I think the next two games obviously will make a break, but after that, I think they probably have the easier. Other than Sassuolo, they have the easier schedule. Yeah, and keep and, in mind, there's still um, a derby to happen between Inter and eight and Milan, right? When's that? This is true in the Copa, uh, Copa April nineteenth. Yeah. So I mean, that could that could also have Distract. not effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I was going to say, keep in mind, I know, so Milan has a tiebreaker over Inter. Inter has a tiebreaker over Napoli. I'm not sure about Milan and Napoli, though, Chris. You might be able to weigh in on that. Uh, didn't, Nap- didn't Milan beat? We beat them the first time. I don't Have we played them the second time? I can't remember now. I know we beat them the first time around. No, no, um, you beat them the second time around. Was it? Yeah, it was the second time around, one nothing. And the first time it was uh, uh, Napoli won the first one, the first game. So I think that's a wa- one nothing as well. So I think that's a wash, isn't it? If they're both one I'd nothing. have to look into how the tiebreaker goes. I'm not sure at that point. Well, Alma scored five minutes into that one. So maybe they get the tiebreaker because they scored first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how the tiebreaker goes. I know it's head-to-head, but if head-to-head the same, I'm not sure. It's probably goal differential yeah, or something along those lines. Okay. Uh, well, again, that's where it stands. Uh, do we have, at this point, is there a, is there any point to call it? Like, do we, do we want to each go through and say who we think it's going to be? Uh... Well, pure bias, I say Napoli. I did have Napoli finishing third, so that would be my my next uh, okay uh, team. So Julian Napoli. I mean, I I gotta say, Andrew, what kind of fan would I be if I didn't? <laughs> um, but I think it's all funny. We talked about it briefly yesterday, and I think we all agreed if Napoli won, we'd all be kind of okay with it. Yeah, I mean, again, if if our teams, which you apparently are out. If the you know, and, and you guys uh, are obviously the the Milan teams. If we can't have it our way, <laughs> we don't want each other to have it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris, are you in concurrence? Yeah, I, I'm picking Milan uh, to win, yeah. but uh, if Napoli come away with it, Forza Bianca Neve. Okay. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he brings the dog. On the field. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Okay. Um, finally, Paulo, shut up. Let's take a break. Um, we will be right back and uh, we'll get into... yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap up the show with some um, previews and, of course, some World Cup talks. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Okay. Uh, so what we will do in the second half here uh, is we'll obviously speak through uh, the preview for Europa League and Conference League, which uh, are happening this week for 
the two Italian teams who remain in the competitions. Uh, and then again, we want to talk about the World Cup. So again, let's let's first, I guess, just focus on, um, I guess, Atlanta and their Europa League matchup. So they play, who is it, Leipzig? Yeah, Leipzig. And that's on Thursday, obviously. So uh, Thursday, 12.45 our time. Um, they're actually away to Leipzig. Well, it doesn't really matter because there's no... At this point, there's no away or goal or home <laughs> yeah. goal, whatever. Yeah, away goal rule. Yeah. Right. So this also concludes next week as well, right? Yes. So I'm, I'm positive that they do back-to-back uh, weeks. Okay, perfect. So, again, this is the first match, I guess, of, uh, of the back-to-back there then. So on Thursday and then Thursday next week as well. But uh, Atlanta have uh, Leipzig do, just... Quickly, do we think is this is a straightforward tie or not? Not really at this point in the, in the competition. No, I th- Chris is more of a German league aficionado than I am. But Leipzig is, I think, is co- still coached by Jesse Jesse Marsh, who used to coach the Red Bull team in the MLS. Um, and and they're not um, they're not a, they're not a pushover by any means. They beat a German team against uh, last time in the round of sixteen. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, yeah, and I think they, I, I think Gasparini said it after the Napoli game that uh, this is their best chance to win a trophy and probably their best chance to make it in the Champions League. So I, I think they're going to give it their all. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I would just add. I mean, we we spoke about this probably before the season kicked off that. It, you know, we felt that Atalanta were probably the the Italian club best suited to do well in Europe, just because they already mm. kind of play that expansive, you know, that expansive style, attack minded, whatnot. Um, but Paul, just regarding Leipzig, so uh, Jesse Mersch is not in charge, if I'm reading this correctly anymore. It looks like it's Domenico Tedesco. <laughs> oh, but was, was he used to coach Schalke? Tedesco. Yeah. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and Moscow before that. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a straightforward tie, but I would probably make Atalanta slight favorites. Um, Leipzig, of course, lost uh, Upa Meccano and Marcel Sabitzer uh, in the summer to Bayern Munich. So, you know, arguably their two best players, or Upa Meccano was their best player. So, I think losing those two players kind of brings them down another tier, but so. Should be a close tie, but Atalanta, I think, will go through. <laughs> if Domenico Tedesco is the coach of Leipzig, who's the coach of Fiorentina? Vincenzo Italiano? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, okay, th- that deserves another Simpsons reference, but anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll give Scooby-Doo can doo-doo, then Jimmy Carter is <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like Mr. Thompson and then if when I stomp your foot or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Go back Anyways. to Russia. <laughs> uh, Definitely no, not a porn star. <laughs> Moving on oh, here. Uh, let's go to the other games on Thursday for uh, Europe, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, Europa Conference League. Uh, we have Roma in, in, in the world. Yeah, yeah, the great exactly the greatest competition in the world, and that's um, Roma uh, away to Bodo Glimt. Bobo, 
as we uh, so affectionately <laughs> call them. So Listen, uh, they they want they would want revenge. The fact that if they're playing away again in Norway, the fact that they got spanked six one, I think they all realize that they have to put in a better performance if they have any chance of going through. Uh, now it's it's a matter of pride. Yeah, to show that that six one was just uh, an aberration and not the norm. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think seeing as how. Again, they came back and they won that that return fixture mm-hmm. in in the group stage. Um, so I, I don't hate Roma's chances here. I think it, it's just not as straightforward as yeah they they have it in the bag. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts? I think yeah, I would agree with Paulo that that one loss there was obviously an outlier. Mourinho is is generally a good manager when it comes to these tournaments, whether it's Champions League or the greatest competition in the world. So. Uh, you know, I don't think Roma realistically have a shot at top four anymore. I mean, if they're going to catch anybody, it's Juve. And even then, I, I don't think it's happening. So, you know, their best chance at a trophy or, you know, something to, you know, be proud of uh, at the end of the season is is this tournament. So I can see Mourinho just putting out his best 11 uh, versus earlier in the year when they were in the group stage for this tournament. Yeah. I think he was rotating the squad, so. I yeah, and I think that. that was that was an issue. I think is that he. For sure. I, I remember the the conversations around then were him speaking about how he doesn't have confidence in, um, you know, the, in the, the rest bench. of the squad. Exactly right. Yeah. So that that was that was the major issue. And it, again, he didn't want to rotate, et cetera. And then that week they lost six one. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think those are great points, uh, Julian. Quickly. I mean, I think they. This is a winnable tie for them. They need to win this one. I know mainly for Italian teams, right? Like they've been kind of disappointing in Europe over the past few years. It'd be nice to see Atlanta and Roma win the Europa League and the Conference League at least kind of give something back to the Serie A. I was going to say... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say save face. Yeah. But before you you jump on there, Michael, um, uh, Pellegrini got himself carded against Sampdoria by wasting time. So he's probably going to start um, on Thursday for sure, which means he's suspended for Roma's game against Salernitana. And I believe uh, they played Napoli the week after that. So, yes. Interesting. Uh, so I think that was a tactical suspension on, on Mourinho's part. Again, Mourinho effect. And then uh, Zaniolo didn't play against uh, Sampdoria and most likely will be fit enough to play against uh, Bodo, Bo- Bodo on uh, <laughs> on Thursday. Great. Um, yeah, I think it, again, should be – it's just interesting to note what if uh, – big what if, though, because, again, there's obviously a lot to be played still. But would we consider this – a positive if two Italian teams win two of the three competitions in Europe this season. Yes, why not? I mean, uh, it, it shows, and, and it's the two teams that... Overall, you would say that it was a positive this season if they won. Yes, because the reason why I say that is because it's the two teams that have been playing well in Europe in the sense that they've been performing well in Europe. 
right. uh, there was a stat that mm-hmm. Atlanta has made a, a quarterfinal in Europe for the past uh, four consecutive seasons. Right. Roma has been the team that has gone the furthest in uh, uh, Euro- in European competitions over the last 10 years. So, yes, I, I think those the two teams that are currently in the knockout stages uh, in European mm-hmm. competitions right now. I don't think that's right. Team- I, think, I think it's something along those lines, but I don't think that's right. Well, it, it, it was a stat. I remember reading something yeah. about how Roma has been. Yeah, Roma uh, and Atlanta. I think I think it was yeah. more recently. I think within five years that would makes more sense. Oh yeah, my five years. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're probably right. Um, and uh, like cause ten years because Juventus made the final. But yeah, you're right. So right. five years. Um, the fact that the two teams that are 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 in, are in contention now are the two teams that, have, like I said, have been playing well in Europe, and and to cap off that. This, I guess this five-year cycle, we like to, I like to call it, a trophy would would be beneficial, and it would give somewhat. I don't want to say restore the reputation, but somewhat of a reputation back uh, to cover up. Um, <laughs> uh, not a Milan and Juventus this season. I w- I was more implying again just the the bad taste that obviously this uh, World Cup um, qualification is left in a lot of people's mouths regarding Italian soccer etc. And that's actually the perfect segue, Paul. So I'm not even going to let you get your point. No, okay. Let's move no, on. Fact, to the I, I knew I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that, and I was about to say it's completely different. But I I knew you were about to do that. But anyway, <laughs> well, let's move on here, um, and we'll speak about quickly. Um, there, Italy did have a match last week that we didn't get to cover, and that was Italy Turkey. Uh, it ends. Uh, it was inconsequential, um, but Italy beat Turkey in the match uh, that probably is the record holder for just the stupidest match to ever have to be played. Yeah, but what about uh, the what about the money? The money, the money. yeah. It was like they, they got an extra three million or something for doing it. Anyways, yeah. Um, uh, Cengiz scores uh, four minutes in before uh, Cristante scores in 35th. Um, and then a Raspadori brace uh, actually brings it to 3-1 for Italy. And then um, Dursen scores in the 83rd, but that's how it ends. And it's 3-2 for Italy. Boom, that's done. Now let's talk about what's really important. Well, hold on. I, no, just, just, no. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Just one comment. Uh, the Chiellini uh, attempt to defend Cengizur on the first goal, and Donnarumma... Uh, clearing the ball against uh, against the uh, the head there of the and hitting his own face, was. yeah, and hitting his own face afterwards, perfectly sums up what's wrong with the Italian national team at this moment. Yeah, it was actually glorious. I, that, that, uh, I'll I'll concede that was a good um, thing to include because if if you haven't seen it, watch uh, Donnarumma. <laughs> Throw the ball into his. Or is it kick? He kicked it or he threw it? I think he threw it. No, he kicked it. He kicked it. He kicked it. Okay, yeah, and then it hits his it. own face. It almost goes yeah. in. Fantastic. Yeah. No, but honestly, that, that <laughs> no, but the, honestly, the Killini attempt on the, to defend Chenga's Unger is even funnier because like he just shows that he's completely out of his depth. Like the poor man just should just just go, go move to Montreal, sign for his Saputo team, uh, and then he can watch uh, the, the Montreal Grand Prix. Every year, he doesn't have to worry about people accosting him on the street at Montreal. They usually keep to themselves, just like they did with Nesta and Divide. You know what else he can do? What? He can watch Canada take part in the World Cup. So, uh, <laughs> why don't you 
we throw it back <laughs> now. So uh, on, uh, what was it, Friday or Thursday last week? Friday. Um, Friday, yeah. So th- there was the World Cup draw. And, you know, all the, um, I guess, Canadians uh, were waiting for bated, in bated breath to understand who they would have to face uh, in the group stages. Um, and, it again, it it, uh, it actually took Canada the entire draw to find out because they were the last name chosen out of the hat. But it was kind of decided maybe a few minutes earlier when all things were considered because of, um, I guess, playoff winners can't be seated or can't be with similar uh, federations or something like that, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. if there were already two European clubs in a group, um, the European playoff winner couldn't go into that group. They had to go to one where there wasn't two Europeans. Uh, and the same thing would happen if, for example, uh, two African nations or et cetera, so uh, North American, et cetera. So, Again, at the end of the day, what was the group? Uh, Belgium, Croatia, Morocco. So Canada will face Belgium in the opening game for them. Um, and then again, Morocco, Croatia. So what are, we, what are our thoughts on this group? Could have been worse. <laughs> could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been. Could, could have been, been. Uh, I don't know, Brazil... Uh, the the group with Brazil, Serbia, Poland. Uh, I can't remember the fourth team in that one. Uh, I think that that one's a tough group to be in. Uh, there is um, Chris could argue that England has an easy group, but what it, it was England, Iran, United States, and who else? Uh, I don't know Luxembourg probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna bo- I'll pull it up here. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, we're, we're all hoping for Group A. Uh, I think Group A w- with Qatar, uh, obviously, in the A1 position. Right. right. Uh, the Netherlands, uh, I think it was Senegal. And Ecuador. And, and, and Ecuador, the- yeah. 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 So, I, yeah, go ahead. J- just to kind of recap, so I'll, I'll, do, I'll do all the groups. So that was Group A. Okay. Group B, again, was England, Iran, USA. And it was the, it's going to be the European winner. Playoffs, Scotland, or... Scotland, uh, Ukraine, or Wales. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, group C is Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Group D is France. Uh, the winner of, uh, I guess, Australia. No, New Zealand. New, Z- New Zealand, Costa Rica. I think. Oh no, sorry, that's Austria. Maybe. Is that possible? A U S E A U. A U S. Yeah. Versus who? Is that Saudi Versus... Arabia, maybe? No. I know no, it they're, make they're sense, in Group but... C, yeah. Right. Versus PE. Oh, so that's Australia versus... Um, that's what it said. Uh, Is it a playoff? Peru. Yeah, it's a playoff. It's, yeah, yeah, Peru qualified. Or at least for the next round, because Chile didn't make it. Right. So, so Australia, probably, Peru. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's right, because we saw Lapadula. Anyways, Denmark and Tunisia is in that group as well. Then Group E um, is Spain, and then this is New Zealand, and uh, yeah, I guess okay. the winner of that playoff there. Um, Costa Rica. Yeah, and then Germany, Japan. And then Group F is our group, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Group G is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. And yeah, then that's group a tough H, group. Yeah, and then Group H is Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Um, I, I said uh, most of these groups are pretty equal, except for Group A. Group A is obviously the uh, pretty um, 
group of life. For, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man, if the Holland, if the Netherlands don't come out of that, then there's a problem. The group uh, of life. I love that. Group of life. <laughs> uh, but every other every other group has again some some teams that are probably going to be licking their chops, but you know they're not as straightforward as people think. I think France might have a have a an easier group as well. So that's um, wait, France, Switzerland, Japan. No, no, France, no. Switzerland. That's France again. The um, Australia okay. uh, playoff one. Uh, Denmark, Tunisia. Mm. I think it. I think it's more straightforward than, for example, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, yeah. Cameroon. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, was it was Germany, Japan, Spain. I think Spain. Yeah, Spain. that's that's a tough one, for sure, for sure. That and that's yeah. again, if if, for example, Canada hadn't uh, made it through and qualified, that that would be the playoff that they would have to go through, correct? Yes, because it's Costa right? Rica, New Zealand, yeah. Right. So that that could have been Canada in that group, and that would have been probably uh, disastrous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what are what are we thinking again? What are our shots in in uh, Group F here with Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia? So okay, Morocco. I, that I, I, I'm, I just thought about this now. Uh, Hakimi most likely will play down the right, and mostly if Davies is healthy, we'll probably see uh, Hakimi Davies matchup down that same side. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um. So I think that, that that's something to look forward to. I think I think Morocco is winnable. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's it's likely, but it's the the most winnable game. Uh, Belgium got to hope for a miracle. Any any a point miracle. Um, uh, same with Croatia. Uh, Croatia is the finalist uh, from the last World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Belgium again has quality players. Uh, I, I think, you know, Herdman said it the best. It, it, it's it's and 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 give the man the uh, the credit he deserves. He's a great communicator, and I think we like I said I keep referring to the uh, article that we wrote, and it's, it's communication skills is that's what brought him to this point, and his comments. Um, after after the draw, where it's time for Canadian fans to take out their jersey and keep the Italy jersey in their in their in their closet, an absolutely stroke of of, of mastery of the English language, um, I, I think, goes to show uh, how how in, how how intelligent this man is. Um, but the, I saw a tweet where uh, I want to talk about the objective to score a goal number one to get their first point uh and then everything else is is is, is grave on top of that i think it was uh catenaccio and a uh who, who wrote that um and i completely agree and the reason why i say that is because in in, in 1986 the last time canada qualified for a world cup they lost to france hungary and uh the soviet union so uh in, in that in that order, getting a goal, getting a point, and perhaps a win, uh, should should that should should be the level of, of objective that that Canada should attain for. 
And 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 if if they even get a goal, it, it'd be still history making. So just to see that will be something that we haven't seen in 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 history. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, now uh, again, I'm sure we we're, we're going to probably make a meal in uh, later months about mm-hmm. dissecting this a lot more. But uh, again, just your quick thoughts. We'll go uh, Chris then Julian just to kind of wrap it up. Uh, I mean, I think Paul said it uh, said it well with regards to you know Canada's best chance to pick up points is against uh, Morocco. I think that goes without saying they're the lowest ranked team uh, that in, in the group. Uh, Besides, or I don't know, are they ranked ahead of Canada? So, Canada's thirty third, I think. Yeah, but is Morocco ahead of us? I'll check. Um, either way, um, yeah, it'll be a good test, right? I mean, obviously, we we qualified as a top team in Concacaf, and I think that's definitely an achievement that you know Canadian footy fans should be proud of. But you know, this Belgium game and this and this uh, Croatia game will kind of be. A bit of a litmus, a litmus test to, to see where we're really at on the on the global stage. Uh, the one thing I think we do have going for us, and it was recognized by uh, Roberto Martinez, mm-hmm. the Belgian yeah. manager, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically acknowledged that one of Canada's strengths is that uh, they they play like a club team. And again, mm-hmm. don't quote me on this one, but uh, I think he spoke about their togetherness and how it does remind them of a of a club team and not just a a national team that gets together, you know, two or three times a year. So they right. do have that going for them. I do think that counts for something. Uh, and I'll even, you know, selfishly, uh, you know, Italy on paper was, you know, we would agree they were not the best team at the Euros. Uh, but on the pitch, they looked like they had uh, that sense of togetherness. And that's maybe a, a cliche term now, but uh, yeah, so, right. yeah. Uh, so again, I do think that that chemistry, that togetherness does count for something. You know, is it enough to, to beat Belgium? Probably not, but like Paulo said, if we can get that goal, get that point, uh, it's something to build towards for uh, 2026. Which you host, well, co-host, yeah. So Canada sorry, is 38th, um, and Morocco is actually ahead of them at 24. Okay. So, but again, they were the lowest of the other three teams. So you're, yes. you're still stands. Yeah. Um, okay, Juliano. I was just gonna say, like, I was looking at the draw and I actually Belgium doesn't scare me like they used to um, I think they've kind of missed their golden generation and of course they still have match winners and De Bruyne Hazard if he's fully fit Lukaku as well if he's kind of fully fit and in form um, but like beyond that like I was looking at their depth they don't really have the greatest depth and Croatia's kind of the same Croatia is one of the best midfields in the world um, you have Modric, Brozovic, probably Kovacic, maybe Pasalic as well. But is, is Rakitic still playing? No, he's not. Um, but I mean, their defense isn't the best, right? And that actually may play to Canada's advantage. Canada may just kind of sit back and try and counter a lot of teams. Um, and I think, I don't know. I was out of all the pot one teams. Obviously, we wanted Qatar, but Belgium to me was. Probably the second best draw. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I can, I concur. I think again, we have. I mean, looking at a what England, Argentina, France, Spain, Belgium, Brazil, Portugal. I think other than maybe again, just looking at how Portugal had to qualify, perhaps. But 
I, I still and maybe England just because England are, are serial botchers of the uh, of success. So, <laughs> but um, I mean, they usually do well in the group stage. But. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I think those are those are all fair points. Uh, I, I again, like I said, we're, we're probably going to have to um, we'll, really dig into this as we lead up to November, right? Because it is in November, obviously. I think it's the yeah. end of November, correct? Um, Mid November. Mid to late November, yeah. yeah. Same time as the Serie A tournament. Damn it, Julian! <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. With that, uh, do we have any final notes to just talk about quickly before we wrap up? I don't think so. Julian? In general? Oh, I'm still laughing at my joke. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> Paulo, are you still choking on your rage? Yes, I am. <laughs> like, okay, listen, uh, I think it would be an, uh, an embarrassment if there's a Serie A tournament at the same oh, time. Oh my god, no, well, listen, Cup. we're not talking about this, Paulo. We're not But uh, no, I, I'm just going to put it out no. there. I'm just listen, so that's there. it for the show, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, you can follow us on our social at RTW Calcio. That's on both Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I think that's uh, again that that kind of seals it for our conversation tonight. <laughs> Um, Paulo will have his Everybody. chance. Yeah, Paulo will have his chance to get get his um, his thoughts sorted on that subject. When again, we are hosting an episode live from uh, New Jersey as uh, the the tournament commences on the Syria um, North American. Oh, I'm literally choking up my own uh, okay, well, again, well, that's the perfect moment. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see everybody next week. We have, of course, um, the Europe, uh, European games, obviously, to look forward to. And then, again, some uh, some more uh, Syria action this upcoming weekend. Um, and, again, that will come to you next week on uh, on Tuesday. So, um, everybody. the best game. Sorry. I just wanted to point Sorry? out Napoli, Fiorent- Napoli Fiorentina. And that's the oh, yes. marquee game. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, is there who else? There's one other one. Inter Verona is pretty good. Yeah, that'll be a good one. I think they, that's a team that Inter always have struggled with in the past, but I think that's that's going to be. They got lucky well, the first time they played. They played yeah. the Di Francesco Virgin version. Sorry, <laughs> of, uh, yeah. of Verona. Yeah, uh, and then so Swallow Atalanta. Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking. And Torino, Torino Milan is going to be good too. Yeah, I don't know about Chris, but uh, you know, Chris might be uh, not the most confident as uh, Torino has um, provided upsets this season. Uh, again, like I said, they just got to put away their chances. They're not going to get thirty shots every game, but we'll see. We'll see, indeed. Okay, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you all next week. Okay, ciao, bye.